What was your favorite toy as a child? <gasps> favorite toy. Not like a game, but like a physical toy. Oh, why? Well, okay. Oh, you got a lot mm. less excited once I specified, which is no, what I had I, a feeling would happen. <laughs> <laughs> the like the thing that came to my mind is like a toy game, I guess. Well, what came to mind? Elephant. You ever play Elephant? Sure. It like blows the little flowers in the room. Yeah, I loved them. that thing. I don't know why. That's fair. I would count that as a toy because it's like the fun part of the game is not like the game. It's the elephant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of that. That's fair. Up until I want to say the ninth grade. <laughs> uh, what about you, Emily? I went through a Polly Pocket phase for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Polly Pockets were like compacts with worlds inside of them, right? No, not those. I did have one or two of those, but they also sold like bigger. They were sort of just like small Barbies. You know, you could get like houses small for them Barbies. and outfits and bigger than I, the little compacts. Were you like invested in the Polly Pocket lore or? <laughs> no, I just liked changing the clothes over and over again, really. Interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. And then, because like later, once I got into like computer games, I did a lot of like dress up games. I liked like making a little nice outfit and then getting bored of it five minutes later and making another <laughs> new little nice outfit. <laughs> huh. huh. I, w I really wonder what that says about you today, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because it was not easy. The clothes were like rubber that you would have to yank on the Polly Pocket and it was really difficult. Oh. But then I had one set that was like the clothes were like two halves of magnets that would just clip on the front and back. And that was like the dream that made everything easier. And it was beautiful. God, wouldn't life be so much easier if we had that? <laughs> we could just <laughs> magnetize the front and backs of our clothes onto ourselves. <laughs> Mecca Polly. <gasps> the dream. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey everybody, welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Kyle Imperator. And I'm Emily Moyers. Kyle, yes. I've got a fun little word today. I'm stoked. Kyle, your word this week is Ken. K-E-N. Ken. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's upset, uh, I can tell. What's he's, going he's on here? He's consternated. <laughs> Constipated, Emily. <laughs> well, that's a side issue. <laughs> Ken, like yeah. I'm just Ken, Ken. <gasps> Kyle, you got it. No, what is, no, what, no, what does that even mean? Yeah, Kyle, let's talk about Ken for a little bit. Wait, the toy, Ken? <laughs> yeah, why not? That can't be the definition. Well, it's a definition. Is that the definition you're going to talk about I've today? I've played the music, Kyle. It's too late. Oh, We're there. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, wow, I got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're way back in the back, Kyle. We've played the music. We're past no, the we finish line. We didn't even line. play our game. I, this episode is going to be 10 minutes long. <laughs> I got to ask you all the questions. Kyle, don't you worry. I've got a plan for this episode. <laughs> Oh, but first, yeah. hey, I'm so listen, lost. Uh -huh. it's, it's in vogue. Let's talk about it. So Ken was introduced by Mattel in 1961, uh -huh. just two years after Barbie in 1959. 
Yeah. Like Barbie, Ken is named after the son of the doll's creator, Ruth Handler. Her son's name was Ken and her daughter's name was Barbie. That? Okay. Wait, what? They were dating? I don't like that. (laughs) Well, the the real life (laughs) children were not, but the characters were. Yes, Ken was introduced as Barbie's boyfriend. It sounds like she's got some things she should have seen a therapist about. (laughs) It sounds like she was just really uncreative about naming. Um, Although the doll Ken does have a full name, which is Kenneth Sean Carson. Ken Carson. And if you're interested, Barbie's full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. (gasps) She's got a last name, Barbara Roberts. Yes, Barbie Barbie Roberts. Millicent's a great, great, great name. Yes, I think that one didn't age quite as well as Sean. Like, if you heard like Kenneth Sean, you like that could be a guy today who's like a young hip right, surfer dude. Yes. But if you hear Barbara Millicent, like that yeah. can only be a sixty-plus woman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'd go with ninety-plus at this point. <laughs> Barbara yeah. Millicent. And I have a fun fact about the original Ken doll, Kyle. Mm -hmm. originally his hair was created by a process called flocking do you know what that is um uh (laughs) i feel like that's a safe way to talk about a a sex term that we're not going to talk about today (laughs) on this podcast oh no it is not it is more of a model making term flocking is basically covering a surface in glue and then covering that with tiny sort of dust-like fibers of something like felt. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you see it in model making when they make like those model train scenes where they've got to make like grass on the ground. Yeah. They'll make that with flocking. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. Yeah. They stopped using it on the Kendall pretty quickly, however, because first of all, it looked bad. It looked like a really cringy buzz cut. But yeah, second sure. of all, because if the Kendall ever got wet, all his hair would fall out. <laughs> oh my gosh, because the glue was the adhesive. <laughs> the yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just, it would melt. Yeah, so they quickly switched over to the just plastic solid hair, which is what it still sure. is now. Yeah. Iconic today. Absolutely. So Kyle, that's what I have on Ken. You got it immediately. But this is a this is a hard mode episode of Butter No Parsnips. So are you ready for your second word, Kyle? Emily, you've pipped me, haven't you? I have pipped you, Kyle. <laughs> I've your walked s- into a pip. Your second word is Ken. K-E-N. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I know there are other definitions of the word Ken, and I'm trying to You do. I think bet you can get used. to at least one more. I, I feel like one of them is Scottish, right? Yes. And that Ken means... I'm trying to think of it in context of you can it's a I mean it's definitely a, a verb. It can be a verb or a noun. Or a noun. Something can be a ken. Or an adjective. Oh, something can 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 be ken. Yeah, I would say that well, actually, no, I lie. Cut that out. It's not an adjective. Okay, something can't be a ken. <laughs> you cannot ken. Um, no, no, you can't. You, all the ones you said okay, you can right. are the ones Sorry. that you, you can. <laughs> you, you can, can. Uh, shit, I can, can, can with a, with a can, can. <laughs> um, 
uh, Emily, I, 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 can I ask for a hint? Is did you are you giving hints in this episode, or is Kyle, it just a, a plus or minus? In this special hard mode episode of Butter No Parsnips, I give you no hints. Okay, uh, I give up then. Give me another Ken. See, give me Kyle, that Scottish Ken. It's maybe. not so easy when you just got a it's little word throw. Everybody, go back and listen to Pip and listen to how I have been vindicated. But, <laughs> But I didn't say, oh, I don't know any Kens. You were just like, I've never heard this word before in my life. <laughs> Pip, what's that? <laughs> there All could right, be Kyle. possibly more than one definition of this word. So let's talk about Ken. So I'm going to get to the Scottish one in a minute. I'm going to start okay. with an That's earlier fair. one, one that oh. predates the Scottish one. Okay. And that is that Ken can be a verb which means to give birth to, to conceive, oh. or to beget. Oh, you can ken someone or ken. Yes. This is a very, very old definition of ken. The latest it was used was around the 15th century that I could find, but it comes from the Old English kenan, C-E-N-N-A-N, which means to birth, to produce, or to bring forth, which in turn was inherited from the proto-West Germanic kanyan, K-A-N-N-J-A-N, to beget or to bring about. That, like, feels right. I don't know why it feels <laughs> right, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like, can. oh, I'm thinking like kin, like, like, as a suffix, too. Like, I feel like, uh, like, with something's got can as a suffix that's like children. What is it? Like, I don't know, Hoboken. <laughs> the children of hobos. <laughs> yeah, so the root of that Proto-Germanic word, con, uh, K-A-N, is also where we get the English word kin, meaning family or race or group sure. with a common ancestor, which, as you say, can be used as a suffix. I think, I think you're right. I think both kin and ken can be a suffix meaning like offspring of or diminutive of. Yeah. I have another definition of Ken for you here with a completely separate etymology, different origin, oh, but wow. the meaning, I want to talk about it now because the meaning is sort of similar to like birth and family. Sure. There is a Hebrew word, Ken, oh. which means nest. And from that, we get an English usage in Judaism, meaning a youth group. Interesting. Isn't a youth group is like the rabbi's Ken. Uh, yeah, it would be the Ken, and then I think the plural is Kenim. I mean, really? Cool. Yeah, that's a fun one. I mean, we may get to this, but does the name Kenneth have anything to do with any Ken definition? No, the name Kenneth emerged out of older Gaelic names. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like that adds up. But now, as we mentioned Gaelic, let us move into the Scottish usage that you right. mentioned. I'm, I'm trying to think... You know, I was in a high school production of Brigadoon, and I'm sure that I said Ken in that play probably at like 500 times. I just never dared to look it up. Yeah, so this is a more commonly heard meaning of Ken today. Ken as a verb means to know, to perceive, or to understand. <gasps> so if you yes. can something, you know it. Yes, yes. So that definition of Ken also came from the Old English Kenan, C-E-N-N-A-N. That word was also used to mean to make known or to declare. And from that, we got Ken gotcha. meaning to know. Does that second sense come from the same 
proto root. Yeah. So the the proto West Germanic was to beget or to bring about, and the Old English oh. was to declare or make known. Right, 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 right. So you're like bringing about people or bringing about knowledge. Yes, exactly. Fascinating. Yes. And Kennan had a related word, cunnan, C-U-N-N-A-N, which meant to become acquainted with. And that also, I think, sort of leads in the to know or to understand. To get to know, yeah. Yeah. And this particular usage, uh, as you said, is mainly a Scottish usage. To ken something is to know it. However, it gave rise to a lot of other words that are more commonly used in other Englishes, such as can, C-A-N. Oh, what? Yeah. It's related to Ken? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Which makes sense because the way we pronounce it is basically Ken. So can, the way that we use it, is an auxiliary verb, meaning to be able to. And that also comes from cunnan, to become acquainted with or to know. And in Old and Middle English, can was used as a standalone verb. You could say like to can meaning to know a person or to know a thing or have studied a thing. Oh, wow. But it was additionally used as an auxiliary verb, a helping word used along with other verbs, which is the usage that has stuck. So today, if you use the word can, it is always followed by another verb. Like you can do this, you can go, you can bake a cake, whatever. Right, you can't use it by itself. Right. Really... Yeah, at all. Like, not even, like, abstractly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, is, it wow. is always followed by another verb. But from that first definition of can, when it was a standalone verb to know, came the adjective cunning, meaning knowledgeable or learned oh. or skilled or clever, as well as wow. cunning as a noun, meaning knowledge or wit or oh. know-how. Yeah. You know what? I've never... Wow, yeah, look at that. Yeah, and it was originally essentially like the present tense conjugation of to can. If you are canning or cunning, you are knowing something. That's why it's ing. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is- Isn't that cool? (laughs) Yeah, you're like opening a whole section. I'm on level three of knowledge, thanks to you. (laughs) It's a hard mode episode. The benefits, (laughs) the the loots are good in a hard level, you know? Lots of of experience points. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's why cunning is ing, because you are knowing. Wow, that is like- Incredible. And I just want to add quickly, I did also try to look into the etymology of keen to see if that was related. Sure. And that came from an Old English word, kenna, C-E-N-E, meaning bold or brave, or could have also meant prudent or intelligent. And it seems like that word might have been related to kenan, but we're not really sure. So I I cannot say definitively whether keen is related. You cannot say that keen, (laughs) ken, can. Yes. Listen, hey, guys, we've got a lot of similar sounding words in this episode, and it's going to be rough, but it's fun. It's fun. So along with the verb to know or to perceive that is commonly used in Scottish English, the Scots also use it as a noun, ken, meaning knowledge, perception, or sight. And that gave rise to both ken and kenning being used to mean range of sight oh so like the kenning around your castle is how far out you can see or if something is within your ken it is in sight is this specifically located in scottish so 
I think all of those definitions of ken, meaning knowledge and range of sight, and kenning, meaning range of sight, are still pretty commonly used in Scottish and in Northern dialects of English. However, outside of those dialects, ken referring to one's range of sight does get used, although I would say it is more metaphorically, metaphorically used to refer to the limit of one's understanding as part of the phrase beyond one's ken. Oh, like you're like the side of what you can understand. Yes. Yeah. And it most commonly shows up in the phrase beyond your ken, meaning like out of your depth. That makes a lot of sense. And it works with the Hebrew. uh, (laughs) Out of your uh, nest. (laughs) Yeah. Out of your nest. Beyond your nest. (laughs) It does. That makes sense. Yeah. I see that. Wow. Uh, This is really cool. It is really cool. So I, I cannot speak for other dialects of English, but I can tell you pretty definitively that in American English, the phrase beyond your ken is probably the only place that you'll usually hear the word ken. I've never even heard that. No? no. It was used in a Big Bang Theory episode that gets quoted a lot with this word. Yeah. Interesting. Kyle, can you think of any other words like that? Words that you really only hear as part of a particular phrase? That you only hear as a particular phrase? Um yeah. I was looking into these at one point in my life. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you, <laughs> that was Kyle's skull falling off yeah. his spine. <laughs> um, um, I, yeah, there, there's a word for them, right? Yeah. Like, do you remember what the like word is? Dangling participles or something like that. <laughs> that is a term in grammar, but it's something completely different. <laughs> no, these are called fossil words. Fossil words. Yeah, words which are generally obsolete and out of use, except as part of like an expression that has stuck around. So I have a couple examples of fossil words here, Kyle. How often do you hear the word ado? A-D-O. I mean, all the time. Uh, as part I, of? Uh, as part of uh, my morning routine. <laughs> uh, I, I wake up and, oh, and I won't get out of bed until an announcer goes, without further ado, oh, there you go. Her. <laughs> without further ado and much ado about nothing are pretty much oh, the yes, only yeah. ca- times that anyone uses the word ado. It's true, yeah. It's true, it's true. <laughs> what about the word lamb? L-A-M with no B. You know what? I just used it the other day. I, I when In our text message group, I said on yes. the lamb. Yeah. Have you ever heard that word outside of the phrase on the lamb? No, literally not. Yeah. It is a fossil word. Originally was a word meaning to flee. It was a verb to lamb. Oh. But nowadays you only hear it in that phrase. What about the words spick or span? Uh, no, I mean... As part of the phrase spick and span. Yeah, I mean, I I have no idea what they mean in that context. No, no one does. They're just part of that phrase. Spick comes from an old word for spike or nail, and span new was was a phrase in Middle English, meaning very new. And basically, the original phrase was spick and span new, and it meant newly made. Interesting. And it just kind of got shortened to spick and span, and that's just where we left it. Yeah. And and nowadays, it means clean or like new. Is Ken a fossil word? It is, in a way, because it, for the most part, only gets used in certain dialects as part of the phrase beyond your Ken. Beyond your Ken. I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, fossil words are like, there's so much imagery 
associated with the term fossil word, you know? Yes. <laughs> like we're it's, digging up old words. Yeah, like something that is, you know, precious and belongs in a museum. Yes, and we're keeping them preserved in these phrases. They're like oh, framed. Yeah, we are. Know? They're like stuck in the amber of these <laughs> phrases. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's so beautiful. Kyle, I have one more definition of can for you before sure. we close out and play a little game. Can can also mean a house, especially a house where thieves and or beggars stay. Oh. Yes. And this definition specifically comes out of thieves can't, which is a slang lexicon used by thieves, beggars, and other vagabonds, primarily oh. in Britain, primarily in the 15 and 1600s. I've never heard of this slang. Yeah, it's, well, I'll tell you where I've heard of it in Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a thing in d Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes Plenty yeah. of sense. If you play like a thief character, you get to know thieves can't and communicate with other people that are shady. I feel like if you do that, like the D&D manual needs to provide you with a list of terms <laughs> then. I mean, fair. the D&D manual doesn't, but there are plenty of terms that you can find. Green's slang dictionary has loads and other sources for slang have a bunch of terms from thieves can't. They're super fun. It's, you know, it's always great to dip into like old timey British slang because they're just like kooky little words, you know? Kooky. <laughs> Are you going to regale some thieves can't for us? I have a few here. I'll, I should start off by saying I we don't really have any exact explanation as to why Ken means a house in Thieves Can't. I feel oh. like it might have something to do with a relationship with Kin, but that is just my personal speculation. See, I went in my head like Cockney slang for Den. Oh, sure. Like a rhyming yeah. Ken Den. That makes sense. Yeah. But there were loads of variations on that word. There was a boozing Ken, which is an ale house. Oh, love it. A smuggling Ken, which is a brothel. Oh. A Ken cracker which is someone who breaks into houses. Oh, yeah. Or a phrase, to burn the ken, meaning to leave an alehouse without paying, or to leave to an inn without paying. Yeah. I, ge I guess like insinuating you're burning a bridge, like you can't go back. Sure, or like you're burning them, like you're, you're oh, betraying sure. them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good. Those are Aren't really those good. Great? <laughs> what was the first one? A, bo a boozy ken? A boozing ken. Boozing ken. Yeah. I know. I that's these are also now defunct versions of the Ken doll. <laughs> these, are, right? these were Ken the boozing lines Ken, the smuggling like... Ken. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, Ken Cracker is still being sold, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's certain parts it's of the America. main Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, I'm glad you brought it around. That is that is what I have for you on Ken. I, honestly, Emily, such a good one. I love when we like get a little tiny word, you know, because yeah. they're just as important as the big ones. They are. And this, it's, you know, they pack a big punch. Yeah. Because they're often, little words, they, they tend to have loads of different definitions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like the meaning for society is just so much greater. Ken, I'm just Ken, and Ken means so much, you know? <laughs> That's right. Ken is everything, and we're just... Ken is everything. We're just us. We're just butter, no parsnips. <laughs> we're just butter, no parsnips. Now, Kyle, before you burn this Ken, you've yes. got to pay up by using this oh, word in a sentence. I do, I do, I do. But you've got loads of options. I do. Can I use Ken? Hmm. 
I can, I can. <laughs> um, okay. So sometimes I think that I can do anything, <laughs> that I can perhaps fly a plane or be president someday. <laughs> and uh, these are things that I can do, but maybe I need to realize that they're just beyond my ken. <laughs> beyond your ken. Very good, yeah. Kyle. Thank Excellent you. usage of, of ken and can. Thank you. <laughs> Emily, I freaking loved this word. Thank you so much for it. Oh, thanks, buddy. Can we play a game? <gasps> we can, Kyle. We can. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Kyle, the name of this game, and it's a pun that we've made once or twice today, is Mm -hmm. Ken Kyle Ken. (laughs) Ah, love it. (laughs) So, Kyle, I had so many English-derived definitions of Ken to get through today, I didn't even have time for the several Japanese-derived definitions (gasps) of Ken. Oh my god, of course there are. Of there course. There are four Japanese-derived definitions of Ken that I'm about to go through for you, Kyle. Are they used in Japanese English? They are used in Japanese and in English. Wow. I would say probably less in English, but yeah. they are used. Okay, awesome. I mean, let's go for it. So, Kyle, I'm going to give you three options for possible definitions of Ken. Two of them are fake, and one of them is real. Okay, and that's the whole game. That's it. Okay. All right. I'll make it count. All right, Kyle. Do Mm. you think Ken means A, a unit of weight equal to about 2.2 pounds, B, an antiquated unit of time equal to about 100 minutes, or C, a unit of length equal to about six feet? I mean, all of these are crazy measurements to need to have (laughs) in Japan. In Japan. What are they thinking about over there? (laughs) <laughs> they're thinking about I mean, do they think in sorry it's your judgment hundreds? that they only need one of these three <laughs> no i'm thinking like what what which one of these measurements necessitates having its own word <laughs> i'm gonna go with time for some reason i'm just going to time is it a hundred minutes no kyle an antiquated unit of oh. time equal to 100 minutes is the French Revolution hour. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and a unit of weight equal to about 2.2 pounds is a kilogram. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. So there's a unit of length called a shaku, which is about 11.9 inches. And a ken is six shakus, or about five foot 11 and a half. Wow. Yep. And this is just from like long gone units of measurement for in japan yeah it is it is a traditional unit of length awesome all right kyle does ken mean a a type of prefecture b a prefectural highway similar to a state highway or c the design on a prefectural flag oh i and like prefectures that are one. like the subdivisions of land in japan. yeah like i, I think that's the the third one sounds like really real. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I mean, they are all real in that they, no, 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 all no, of no. those things exist mm-mm, and there are mm-mm. words for them. <laughs> if it's not Japanese, it doesn't exist. To me. <laughs> <laughs> They're all real in Japan. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with the third one still, though. <laughs> okay. You are wrong again. I'm sorry oh, to say, come on. Kyle. 
So a ken is a type of prefecture. The Japanese word for prefecture overall is todofu ken. And those four syllables are the four types of prefectures. There is a to, oh. a do, a fu, and a ken. They're really getting the most out of their words there. You yes. Know? Well, and a prefectural highway is a todofu ken do, because do oh. means uh, circuit or highway. And the design on the flag is called a mon, M-O-N. M-O-N. Mon. Or mon. Well, I'm 0 for 2, Emily. You're 0 for 2. You might be able to get this next one, Kyle. Does a ken refer to a long curved sword, a short curved sword, or a double-edged sword? Oh, God. <laughs> I think we're going to get to the, an- the the end of this and say, can Kyle ken? And the answer is no. <laughs> it's just no. These are hard. I, I wanted to pick all options that are real words. So yeah. I made, so by definition, they're all believable. I think a ken is the double-edged sword. You got it, Kyle. Oh, you can, Ken. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the long curved sword is a katana, and the short curved right. sword is a wakizashi. Um, oh. And both of those were often carried as a pair by samurai in samurai oh, days. Oh, they carried both. Yes. A ken, also called a tsurugi, more broadly refers to any straight double-edged sword, which have been excavated from as far back as 1000 BCE all the way up to the 10th century CE. I really don't associate double-edged swords with Japanese history. Yeah. From what we've dug up, it seems like they were the sword of choice until around the 10th century when curved swords became more common. So they're like really, really old. Yeah, they're pretty old. But katanas became the weapon of choice later on. Yeah. Love it. Wow, that's great. Last one, Kyle. And you might be able to get this last one too. Is Ken a precursor to rock, paper, scissors, a precursor to hopscotch, or a precursor to handball? Oh, there's another word for rock, paper, scissors. And it's called... It's called... uh, Oh, it's something fun too. It's like <laughs> Popsaraki or Han Han something. I'm gonna. I I I want to go. I'm gonna go with rock paper scissors. Kyle, you got it. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. So Sensukumi Ken or just Ken games refers to actually a gamut of hand gesture oh. games, which were. I have been part of Japanese culture for a long, 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 long time. The simplest of those games was Jankanpon, which was rock, paper, scissors, which traveled to English through Hawaiian Creole and became rock, paper, scissors. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's not the name that I was thinking of for no? uh, rock, paper, scissors. That is no. the Japanese name for rock, paper, scissors. I had to look it up. It's Rochambeau is what I oh, was thinking that's, of. Yes, that's, a, I would I, assume, a French thing. I, it must be, you know? Yeah. So hopscotch originated in prehistoric India and handball. There are a few answers for where this could have come from, but the oldest and most similar game to American handball is the Mesoamerican ball game, Ula Malitsli. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which is the one that you see in like Road to El Dorado with the ring on the wall. I was going to say with yeah. the ring on the wall, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So those are the Japanese Kens. And that's like a fun little, that's uh, a tie-in to the whole Ken toys and games thing, that's Emily. That's right, buddy. Yeah, it all comes right together. Buddy. 
Wow, Emily, <laughs> what a great, great episode. And so timely. Yeah, you know, he's just Ken. And we're just He's Ken. just Ken. We're all just Ken. And we're all Barbie. <laughs> and if you are also a Ken and a Barbie, you can remember <laughs> that you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast, and on TikTok at Butter No Parsnips. And if you like today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, you can consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butter or parsnips donating five dollars or more earns you a shout out either on social media or right here on the podcast so big thanks to heather b monica of tot music Lori m pensive primate day d rob r jesse m randall h fran i and Stephen i thanks so much to all of you you help us make what we make and with that i've been kyle imperator and i've been emily moyers and this has been butter no parsnips